The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Holy Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can this happen? Jesus answered to him, You are a teacher of Israel, and you do not understand this. Amen, amen, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But you people do not accept our testimony. If I tell you about earthly things, you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in the Easter season, and I kept my promise when I was in the Holy Land last month, uh, there are certain sites you have to see. One was the sepulcher of Jesus, and I touched some cloths to the sepulcher, so it became like a, a third-class relic. First class would be, we wouldn't have it, a, a, a part of the body of Jesus. Second class was something that he owned. Third class, something that touched it, and the the cloth that touched the tomb of Jesus is right here on the altar later on after Mass or any time uh, before that when you receive the sacrament of anointing you can come up and look at it just a, a cloth but it, it touched the, t the tomb of Jesus which makes it wow very special so we continue the Easter season Sunday after Mass a young man said to me Father how come the first reading wasn't from the Old Testament. So I said, oh, okay, now we, now we have a little catechesis going on here. I said, during the Easter season, this applies to us today too, during the Easter season, the scripture selections change. There's a halt. And it's because it's Easter. It's the day it happened. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, everything is different. There was one author way back when, when I was doing my research on the resurrection, who said, the resurrection of Jesus is the most important thing since creation. If you think about that, wow. When God created everything, everything went well, up and down, death, life, reproduction. But Jesus comes on the scenes a million years later and he goes to his death and because of his death it, it's a bargain with God it's, it's a giving of himself to God the father resurrects him and that we open the, the response today with that the son of man must be lifted up so everyone who believes in him will have eternal life so that is the most significant thing since creation but put that aside, or put it, put it in front of us, 
So the young man asked, why did the first reading not come from the Old Testament? And I said, well, in the Easter season, all of the first readings come from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the second book that Luke wrote, because the early church is described sometimes in ideal terms, sometimes in factual terms of what it was all about, how they got together after the resurrection of Jesus, how they put it together, how, not like this, like in a church, how they brought themselves together. And they were Jews who used to go to the temple, and all this is in the Acts of the Apostles, on Sabbath, Saturday, and worship together at home in the, what we call Domus Ecclesiae, home churches on Sunday in commemoration of the resurrection because the resurrection took place on Sunday. So that became very, very specific for the early Christians. So the Acts of the Apostles is just that, the actions of the Apostles after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So in order to remind us of our roots, through the Easter season, we always read the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. As as you heard today, too. Um, Acts uh, four, 4 was read today. And it con it's a continuation of basically what Sunday's reading was, how the early church would gather. Now, there were some authors and scholars who believed that what Luke wrote here was an ideal, not a history in this section. So when Luke said the early church used to gather and they would take care of one another, and they would lay their possessions at the feet of the apostles, and the apostles would distribute that to the poor so that no one went hungry. That was the ideal. Are we absolutely sure it happened that way? Luke remembers it that way, records it that way, but it was put forth as, this is how the church should be. And that, I, I prefer going with that. There's no authentic proof of, of Luke's words being made up or Luke's words being history. The book is history, the fact that it was written in, and it was written, dedicated to the first person that he dedicated the Acts, the Luke, Luke Gospel to. His name is Theophilus. So the Acts of the Apostles brings us back to what we should be as a church. People who gather in prayer, and don't forget, the, when Jesus resurrected, 40 days later ascended, they were still in hiding. The apostles were still in hiding. They weren't out there publicly. And in one place in the Acts of the Apostles, it talks about they used to get together on Saturdays and then as a community in the temple, pray together at home on Sundays. So that sort of began the direction of Domenica, the Lord's Day, Sunday. Then it shows the development of the church by preaching by the various apostles, and Paul is in there, preaching, how they bring the word out. So again, if this is written as a manual of what to do, we're learning it again every year we learn it again. What to do after the most important event since creation, the resurrection of Jesus, we have a direction, we have instructions on how to behave, how to listen, how to 
how to feed the hungry, how to clothe the naked, how to welcome everyone to our table. And in 2,000 years, has that perfectly happened? Not so much. But it has happened. It has happened. And we know as, as a Catholic institution, the church is the most charitable institution in the world. And we don't care who we serve. You could be Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, atheist, different religions, different colors, different skins, different languages. We have no borders, so, which is great, which is why we are called Catholic, universal. Today, okay, that's the, that's the Acts of the Apostles. You, you know, when you come to church and I'm here, you're not going to get away with a simple sermon, God loves us and go home and, and love. I have to give you the whole, the whole spiel. And Sunday, again, it was, Sunday night mass was interesting. It, it had many, many, many uh, young adults. I was surprised. I don't get to that mass. I'm on a cycle with all the masses here. But Sunday mass had a lot of young adults, and uh, they had a lot of questions. And one of them said, like the way you combine history and the gospel, and this, that, that's what we're here for. That's what preaching is all about, to get this book out there by application. So that's why I have this certain way of preaching. Today in the gospel, Nicodemus is featured. Now, if any of you have seen the, the, the television movie, The Chosen, Nicodemus is portrayed in that movie very, as a very important figure. Nicodemus is a member of the Sanhedrin, so he's a part of the, the Jewish establishment. But he has a very interesting interest in Jesus. Now, that's authentic because he used to meet Jesus at night so no one would see him. So this, the, the author of the movie embellishes that, which is it's a movie, so he can do that. But it, it's a very inspirational movie. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus and asks certain questions because he's a doctor of, of, of the law. He, he should know. And he wants to know how to follow you, how to read Jesus, how to get where you're going. And Jesus says, well, the Spirit will enlighten you. Now, at that point, the Holy Spirit had not descended on the apostles. That's Pentecost. So in Jesus' time, Nicodemus is asking this, this gospel. How, how does the Spirit come to us? And Jesus says, well, <laughs> very easy now to look back on it and say, well, you have to be born from above. What does that mean? He explains it. The Holy Spirit comes to you and you are reborn in your Christian life. It wasn't even called Christian then. In your new life. And Nicodemus asks a very basic question. I'm not going to be reborn. I'm not going to go back in my mother's womb. And Jesus says, no, you're not getting it. it the Holy Spirit comes to you. Now, now we've got something really kooky going on here. Jesus is talking about a holy spirit. We say holy spirit, we, God forbid, we always think of the bird, but we know it's the third person of the Blessed Trinity. But this is the first time Jesus is talking about the holy spirit of God coming to you. And when we pray, the holy spirit comes to us. We put ourselves in the presence of the spirit of God He's in us. He's with us. It never died out. He keeps going on. So Nicodemus says, you know, I, I don't get it. 
And then Jesus gives him something that he would understand when the Jews, and you had this gospel a few weeks ago, when the Jews were in the desert and they're marching and the snakes came out and God says to Moses, lift up a seraph serpent and whoever looks on the serpent will be healed. Makes no sense, but it worked for the Jews in the desert. Jesus goes back to that serpent in a metaphor and says, just like the serpent was raised up in the desert, so must, and he's talking about himself, the Son of Man be raised up and everyone who believes in him will be saved. Everyone who looked on the snake was healed. Everyone who believes in Jesus will be saved. And that's us. He's talking to Nicodemus in the first century, but that's us. When we look upon the cross of Jesus, we don't see a bloody body, artistically we do, but we see a key into heaven. Because without him being raised up from the earth on the cross, we wouldn't be celebrating the resurrection. So his gift to the Father was his life. And we hear that for ourselves. You, you give your life to God. He takes care of you. He's not going to make you win the lottery, necessarily. He's not going to heal every ache and pain that we have. But there's something about the spiritual connection between us and God that keeps us energized, that keeps us focused, and keeps us optimistic. And we renew that at the Eucharist, and we renew that when we receive any of the sacraments, and we renew that when we pray. So the scriptures today come down to us from 2,000 years ago, but they should be on our front pages of our newspapers and our Twitter feeds, that he and she who believes in the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, will have eternal life.